Hey guys, today we're going to read James chapter 1 from the NIV. And I'm going to talk about a couple things I feel like God revealed on my heart about this. First, let's pray. Father God, thank you right now for this moment. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you have revealed in us the truth behind your word. Holy Spirit, help us learn right now, each and every person listening, myself included, as I read this. Help us learn what you want us to hear from James chapter 1. Teach us a little bit more about the Bible today. Teach us a little bit more about your word. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings, trials, and temptations. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high positions, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant; it blossoms, falls, its blossoms fall, and its beauty is destroyed. The same way the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who per perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life, and the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. I've always thought that to be a very interesting verse. I'll read it again. It's on uh, verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He, choose, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we may be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil 
that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that our that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So, I'm going to go through a couple things. That was the NIV. In the King James, um, I actually had a couple things that I've highlighted. Um, verse 22 in the King James, it says, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So, when I took my notes, I took down and I said, God revealed that we aren't to be spiritually obese people. Obese people, I mean, let's just be honest. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. But obese people... They can't run races and fight the good fight. They can't even swing their arms. I mean, if you're obese, in the word obese itself, you're not running races. Let's be honest about that. If you're starting off and you're trying to get physically fit, you're not going to win those races. You might not even barely finish them. And if you're fighting a good fight and being obese, you can't, your arms are so big and heavy and weighted down, you're not even going to be effective with those arms as a tool. And, and so if we're supposed to be fighting the good fight and running that race and doing those things for Jesus and for God's kingdom and we're spiritually obese, then it's like if we're obese here on earth. What, what good can we do if, if God told us to run a race here on earth and we're 200, 300 pounds overweight, how good are we going to be at that race? Where are we going to finish? Are we going to finish up front? Are we going to be pleasing? Are people going to be so happy that we ran that race? Or are we going to be in the back? If we're fighting a fight as obese people and somebody comes up to us and we're 350 pounds and our arms are so big we can't even fully put them down to our sides and somebody takes a swing at us, are we going to be able to block it? And so as spiritually obese people looking into this in the spiritual realm, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Are we going to be able to defend ourselves? Even though we've taken in all of the word, even though we have all of the word written on our heart, and, and we know the Bible inside and out, and we're doing absolutely nothing with it. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If we're just receiving the word, if we're eating it up day in and day out and taking it and eating it and eating it, but doing absolutely nothing with it. And, and what is it? It's pretty simple. I, I, I believe he finishes it with pure religion is undefiled before God and the Father. It, it, pure religion 
and let me start over. I'm sorry. Pure, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So up here in verse 22, it says, be, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I, I've, I've thought about this, and I've thought about this a lot. Imagine we're trying to run this race as Christians, and we go and we go to a church, and in this church they're like, okay, before you go out and before you give the word, before you're going out and street preaching, I need you to learn this message. Okay, and we're like, all right, well, that makes sense. We got to learn this message. And then, all right, we're going to you got to go through this course and we're going to teach you and you need to learn about the Bible. Okay, all right, I got to learn about the Bible. I'm taking it in. And then, all right, all right, before you go out now, okay, I, I'm ready. For, you know, you're saying to yourself, I'm ready. I'm ready to go out there. So I know my Bible. And they're like, well, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Jesus Christ. You need to have this relationship. Okay, well, how do I have that? Well, I, I'm going to teach you. The church, we're going to teach you. Here's another six-week course. Just stay the course. We're going to learn this. All right, all right. So now we're 11 weeks into it. We've learned the Bible. We're we're learning a personal relationship. Oh, well, now you need to learn how to pray. And learn how to pray, that's that's an intimate relationship with God the Father. You're communicating back and forth. And you're just like, oh man, I want to get out there. I'm ready to do this. I'm taking it all in. I'm breathing in every word. And, and you're ready to go run this race. And you're ready to go fight the fight. And the church is like, well, I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you. What are you doing with this word? All right, and it, so fine the day comes and the church is like all right we're going to go out this saturday we're going to we're going to street preach y'all we're going to go pray for people we're we're going to tell them if they don't repent they're going to hell and you're you're on fire and you're like man one person i want one person to hear the word you go out and it's kind of a slow day and and one person you know he didn't argue with you that much and didn't give you the side eye too much and you go back and he was like Oh man, that was great. And the church is like, yeah, wasn't that great? All right, so we got another six-week course we're going to teach you about how you should approach people when you're telling them about the Word. And we got this, you know, I want you to listen to this, and you need to be able to give a retort if somebody says, well, what about... God, he, he kills babies and innocent people, and I need you to learn about that so you can give them a retort. What are you becoming in that moment each time you just take in the word and you're doing nothing. Where does our help come from? Where should our words come from when we're speaking to people, especially when we're trying to reach the lost and we're trying to reach those souls out there in this world? Is it really our own will or is it God the Father's will? Do we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us or are we just saying, okay, church, continue to teach me? And, and again, hear me, this isn't an anti-church, and I'm also not saying be ignorant and just go out into the world with ignorance, but where where is the fine line between just taking in all of this information, eating it up, becoming spiritually obese, and not doing anything with it? Maybe once every six weeks, maybe once a month, maybe once, you know, whatever, a quarter, you're going out there and you're preaching to somebody on the street and you're just asking somebody to pray for them. Hey, you know what? I, I Hey, can I pray for you? Do you need any prayer right now? I mean, I'll tell you what, 
at first, when I first did it, it was hard. I admit it was very awkward. And you're just like, well, what if somebody says no? What if somebody cusses me out? But I'll tell you what, after hearing no about 40 times in a Walmart in one day, it, it, it doesn't even affect you anymore. It truly doesn't. You can get through. And when somebody says, no, nah, I'm good. I even had here, I had, I'm going to give you a personal story. One day I was in Walmart and I was asking people to pray, you know, can I pray for you? Is there anything you need? Can I do anything for you? Is there anything I can pray about? And I walked up to one person. I said, hey, is there anything I can pray? They had a smile on their face. Their day looked great. And, and I was like, oh man, I, is there anything I can pray? And immediately their face got turned. And I was just like, at first I was really taken back. I was like, did I say, you know, I didn't say this out loud, but I was like, man, did I say something to offend them? Was I, you know, was I rude the way I asked them? Could I have done this better? And then I realized it's not me, it's them. Maybe, maybe they saw the Holy Spirit on me and maybe they're walking around with a demon and that demon immediately whispered in their ear and said, oh, there's another religious freak trying to ruin your day. You're good. Just keep on walking. Screw that person. And, and so, you know, I don't want to be spiritually obese. I don't think I can run a race. I don't think I can fight a good fight and be spiritually obese. I can take in the word day in and day out and just keep breathing it in. But if I'm doing nothing with it, I feel like I'm useless. I'm worthless. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be worthless. I have a friend of mine I know very well, and that dude is evangelizing to any and everybody that he knows. And he even admitted to me the last time I talked to him, he's like, I don't even know the Bible as good as I should. But yet this dude is just preaching and giving the word and he's like, you know, I don't even know if I've ever even fasted yet. I'm not trying to call anybody out, so I'm not going to name any names. But he knows who he is. And, and he was like, I don't even know if I fasted yet. And I'm like, yeah, well, fasting is part of that, you know, how we get a deeper intimate relationship with God. And, and we die to self every time we fast. But he's out there. He's preaching it. He's he's praying for people. He's he's doing the good fight. And when is the last time I've even walked through anywhere, Walmart or anything, and asked anybody to pray for them? And I'm like, you know, where am I? And this dude is out there, and he's like, well, I don't even know the word. And and I here I am reading my Bible every day, taking it in, and I'm doing nothing with it. And and again, it ends that chapter with pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I mean, when's the last time we've done anything? When's the last time the churches truly do something for the widows and the orphans? And, and, and it states, this is pure religion. I mean, we, we try to say, okay, we're going to keep ourselves from the world. We're going to put ourselves up on that pedestal and keep ourselves up above the world. But when's the last time we've done anything for, for a single mom or a widower or, or children who don't even have a father 
or a mother? When's the last time as a church we've come together and said our mission, our goal is to be a pure religion which goes out and does things for people? Even if it's just a prayer, even if it's just, hey, we're going to raise up enough money as a church and buy a car for a single mom who needs it. Or, hey, you know what? She needs help on her house and she needs help on her car. These people, you know how to swing a hammer. You know how to turn a wrench. Let's help this mom out. Let's do this for her instead of her having to worry about where her next you know, money is going to come from to pay her bills. I don't want to be spiritually obese anymore. And I feel like most of us, if we truly thought this through, at first we might be offended by it, but we might come back with that thought of saying, all right, yeah, I actually don't want to be spiritually obese as well. I want to be doing something with what God has taught me. I want to be doing something with the gifts God has given me, whether it's even going out to an old folks home and just praying with them or hanging out or playing a game or listening to them. I mean, how many how many widows in, in an old folks home would love to just talk to somebody who listens, who actually legitimately wants to hear them talk instead of, you know, their family comes in. Yup, grandma's talked about this same story for the hundredth time. But yet, are we doing that? As Christians, I believe we should be. I believe the Bible is very clear in what it states about how we should be treating widows, widowers, orphans, single moms, children who don't have both parents around the house. I believe the Bible is very clear about that. Father God, as I as I think about this, Father, it's it's convicting my own heart that I need to be better about this. I need to be doing more personally. God help us in this journey that we call religion. And I do call it a journey, Father, because some of us, we were starting out. Some of us, we've been doing this for five years. Some of us have been doing this for a lifetime, and we're stuck in that rut. But Father God, give us that that motivation to go out there and do something with this, to go out and just pray. Ask people where we meet. If we're pumping gas, look across and be like, hey, do you need prayer for anything? What's the worst that can happen? They tell us to F off. I mean, you know, excuse my French, but if that's the worst that can happen... I think I can live through that. And and I believe I've had pretty much the worst that could happen. I've had people tell me to leave them alone. I've had people look at me. I've had somebody growl at me when I've asked them to pray for them. I mean, you know, and, and I've actually had moments where it's been the best moment of my life. I prayed for a homeless guy and he actually gave me words. He, he spoke into my life. I believe Yeshua spoke through him. The Holy Ghost spoke through him to me as I actually asked to pray for this guy. So you don't know what's going to happen. We don't have any idea. And so I, I want more. God, I want more of this. And, and I want everybody who's listening to this, I want everybody to just have that same heart. Let's all have that same heart to where we want to go out. We want to pray for people. We want to help orphans and, and widows and widowers and, and single parents and just old folks and and be out there in this world doing something. If we have ears, let us just listen to people. If we have hands, let us help somebody. If we have eyes, let us see the things that are happening. And if we have hearts, let our hearts break for these people so we can feel their feelings and, and hurt with them so we can actually be alongside of them and then begin to serve them the way Christ served as he was on this earth. 
Thank you for listening. Father God, thank you that we have this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.